0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time for our expert slot. Irritable bowel syndrome affects around twenty thousand people in Ireland, more commonly in women than in men. And this condition can disrupt your workday, your sense of worth, and your energy levels. But what exactly is it? Well, Dr. Deirdre Donova is consultant gastroenterologist at Blackrock Clinic, and she is our expert today. Deirdre, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. 20,000 people and climbing, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's probably very few people out there who haven't experienced some sort of gut disruption at some point in their lives. And we know irritable bowel syndrome, certainly between 10 and 20 percent of the population will experience it. Uh,
0: How long does it last or is it a lifelong condition?
1: Well, most of the time people will start developing some sort of symptoms, often in teenage years. Um, And if you're prone to IBS symptoms, they may wax and wane. So you might go through periods where it's a little bit more affecting in your life and then periods where it is less so. But often it's something that you will be prone to for life.
0: Now, uh, do we know what causes it? Because we've been talking on this programme before with Luke O'Neill about the link between the brain and the gut. I mean, is that at the heart of it or could it be your food?
1: Well, today is World Digestive Health Day. And the theme for this year is actually that uh, a good Gut health starts from the beginning with a good diet. So we know that diet definitely impacts on how your gut functions. But Luke O'Neill is absolutely right. I mean, your gut is your second brain. You have about 39 trillion microorganisms living down there. So, Pat, you are not alone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, You know the way when people get nervous, they want to rush to the loo. Absolutely. Or if someone gets a fright, they might literally wet themselves or whatever or the, the other. Um, so clearly what the eye sees and what the, the brain perceives has an impact very dramatically sometimes. On
1: Absolutely. The gut. I mean, you see, as you mentioned, kids going into exams, rus- rushing off to the loo beforehand. And we know that that sort of external stressor definitely impacts on your gut, Microorganisms are probably involved in that response, but there's so much else going on down there in terms of immune function. Um, and managing stress is also a key factor in terms of managing irritable bowel syndrome.
0: Now, the treatments for irritable bowel syndrome uh, are there drugs that people can take?
1: There are, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the time, people are not going to need to be on drugs to manage their irritable bowel syndrome, if they can pay attention to maybe food triggers that really cause symptoms, that's probably the key thing. It's not to follow the same eating plan for everyone. You need to really pay attention to what suits you and what triggers you. But if you were going to be supporting your gut health, maybe taking a probiotic might be helpful to your Mm. symptoms.
0: Um, Let's get down to brass tacks for one of our listeners. What are the most common symptoms of IBS? There seem to be so Many difficult to determine?
1: So many. Uh, but the key one is a sense of discomfort or pain in your abdomen. And you can't actually make a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome without that. So if somebody is having constipation but no discomfort with it, it is not irritable bowel syndrome. So you must have pain. And that might be cramps, it might be painful bloating. Uh, But pain is really at the key, the the, the core to it all. And then with that, people often experience a disruption in gut function, meaning they might be prone to diarrhoea. They might be prone to constipation or, in fact, both a swinging bowel habit. A swinging bowel habit. habit, So you're having no bowel motion for a day or two and then you spend your third Mm -hmm. day rushing to the loo.
0: And yet you'll hear sometimes ads for uh, bowel cancer and people saying, well, You know, if you have
1: uh,
0: a variable bowel habit, get it checked out.
1: And so I suppose this is really key for people to take home. Irritable bowel syndrome is something that usually starts in your teenage years. Irritable bowel syndrome is not something that you're suddenly going to develop in your 50s. So if you suddenly experience a change in bowel habit, bleeding, unexplained weight loss, or your doctor tells you you're a bit anemic on your blood tests, those are symptoms not to be ignored And you really need to seek medical advice on that.
0: My husband, says this texter, suffers from IBS and we cannot understand what triggers it. We know it's not stress, but we think it's something that he eats. Is there a test so we can find out what is the trigger?
1: That is a very common question. And unfortunately, the answer is no. So people are often looking for food allergy tests. Most of the time, it's not a food allergy, except in the case of celiac, where we all need to be aware if you're Irish, you could have celiac disease and that's a gluten uh, intolerance. And there is a specific blood test for that. But by and large for the rest, unfortunately, it's a little bit of trial and error in trying to figure out what the dietary triggers are.
0: A low-carb and low-sugar diet sorted mine out almost immediately, says one listener.
1: And that is absolutely fantastic. The same diet for somebody else might make them extremely constipated.
0: <laughs> OK, so it's horses for courses, literally. Is a perforation in the small bowel a potentially serious issue? That's from James.
1: Absolutely. So a perforated small bowel is something that is quite unusual uh, and something that would have you in hospital um, it may be to do with blood supply into the gut and um, rarely medications, but it has nothing to do with irritable bowel syndrome.
0: I drink lots of coffee and eat uh, no food uh, for my break. Is this particularly bad for me? That's from Dermot.
1: So the recommendation is you probably shouldn't be exceeding three cups of coffee in the day. And we know that for people who have mild constipation, in fact, a cup of coffee can often really help motility and uh, may be beneficial to them. But too much coffee is just going to push the adrenaline and uh, not be very good for you,
0: I'm afraid. OK, so three cups of coffee, and that is at the ceiling. Uh, any connection between IBS and diverticular disease?
1: Two different conditions. However, just because you have diverticular disease doesn't mean that you can't have IBS also. What is
0: diverticular disease? So
1: diverticular disease is where you develop these little pouches in your colon, in your large bowel, extremely common. In fact, it's a bit like varicose veins. They tend to run through a family. So if your parents have had diverticular disease, I'm afraid you're on the way to developing it.
0: I have a hiatus hernia. Is it dangerous in the long run? That's from Cahill.
1: A high hernia is where your stomach has slid a little bit upwards and is going to make you more prone to acid reflux. So acid reflux in itself is a symptom that we don't like people to continue to have over years without it being checked, as there is a risk of developing esophageal cancer if it's not treated.
0: Can dairy products cause IBS?
1: Yes, absolutely. So lactose intolerance is very common. Um, In fact, the Irish are a little bit unique in that we're much more lactose tolerant than a lot of other nationalities. The important message about lactose intolerance is if you realise that you don't tolerate lactose, there's probably a degree of it that you can get away with. So most people get get away with a bit of milk in their tea, but they might not manage a bowl of ice cream. So you don't need to restrict yourself completely.
0: And this presumably is a genetic thing uh, because obviously you're not allergic to your mother's milk. No, exactly. uh, But cow's Cow's milk milk. is a a different thing entirely. Uh, Senecot is the key to my bowel health. Not available anywhere at the moment. It's on the list of unavailable medicines.
1: And this is tricky, I think, for a lot of people. There's a lot what of what these... is Senecott. So Senecott is something to treat constipation. So it's a form of laxative, but it also has a slight irritant effect on the bowel. So we don't really like you to be using it too much long term. Occasional use is just fine.
0: What about fiber? You know, we're told fiber is good for everything about us. Um, how does that interact with people who've got IBS?
1: So certainly fibre is definitely one of the things that we try and encourage people to take. It is good from your for your gut health. It promotes a healthy microbiome, but not everyone tolerates fibre. So when we talk about fibre, we talk about eating brown rice, brown bread, green vegetables, and that's wonderful for good motility. But some people who have a very sensitive gut might find that they just get extremely bloated, So watch and see how much you tolerate. Uh,
0: This one, I have digestive problems uh, treated with heliobacter in 2001. Gallbladder removed years ago, had CT, colonoscopy, etc. Was diagnosed with diverticular and hiatus hernia. If I try to eat healthily, I'll get diarrhea. I have diarrhea at least once a week. Don't know who to go to for help.
1: And I think that really just gives us a very good example of where fibre is not tolerated well by everyone. So you just have to find the level of fibre that is going to suit you. In fact, it may be that very little suits you. After having a gallbladder out, often your digestive pattern is altered.
0: Uh, I've been having bleeding once or twice a month for the past two years. I had a colonoscopy and had some polyps removed. It's still happening. My doctor told me not to worry. I find it hard to believe and I don't know what to do.
1: So the important message here is that you have had a colonoscopy and that's reassuring. Once we pick up polyps in the bowel, which are very common, about 30% of people will have polyps. We tend to put people on a surveillance programme. So you will be called back to have your colonoscopy repeated. But if you're concerned, go and speak to your doctor. Mostly, if it's a bright red blood from the back passage that's just occurring on the toilet paper, it may be more to do with piles or hemorrhoids.
0: The consultant put me on ProTium for gastritis, which I took for a few months. I don't want to take them now as I have no real symptoms. But should I continue to take them?
1: Absolutely not. If your symptoms have cleared, then there should be no need to be on these tablets long term.
0: I've had runny stools every morning for two weeks. Unusual. Could this be irritable bowel? I'm in my 50s.
1: I would be very reluctant to make a diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome for somebody in their 50s. So definitely pop along to your GP and have that checked.
0: And a final one. My friend is in his 40s. In the last few years, he's lost loads of weight. He tries to find his triggers, but the outcome is he's not getting enough calories. He's frequently in discomfort or pain and is very thin. How can he put on weight?
1: I suppose the message is that for people who are very slim, putting on weight can be just as difficult as trying to lose it for people who are overweight. So it's all about trying to find a balance of diet that suits you, that you tolerate um, and working on it slowly, you know.
0: Yeah, it's probably the lesser of the two problems to have.
1: Well, it can be still a challenge, I have to say.
0: All right. Deirdre, thank you very much for uh, all your wisdom. Dr. Deirdre O'Donovan, who's consultant gastroenterologist at the Blackrock Clinic in Dublin. And that's all we have time for. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to at the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.